So welcome everybody, this is the first edition of Shinari Safari. Thanks for tuning in. Um, here today, it's the first episode, we've got Angela Park here, the ACES counsellor based at Harlow Academy. So thanks very much Angela for agreeing to meet with me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well how are, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm looking forward to being the first and, and doing this. It's an interesting exercise. Yes, no, I really, yeah. I really appreciate that, especially being the first person. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So it's a, mon a Monday morning here. We're in your, your room. There is a... Is that a trumpet next door? I'm not it's quite sure. Yeah, it sounds like it could be trumpet, trombone. Something Something like brass. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, take that as a nice um, bit of background music, listeners, if you can hear that from time to time. Yeah. It's just where Angela's room is located. So let's maybe kick off by talking about, if you could maybe talk to us about your current role <laughs> as the ACS sure. counsellor. Um, yeah, what does yeah. that involve? Well, um, just to kind of set the scene a bit, um, Harlow Academy, probably around about four or five years ago, approached ACES Youth, who, is, who are my employer. Okay. Um, and just to sort of give the wider context, we are a charity and we're part of Mental Health Aberdeen, which is our kind of parent charity. Okay. Um, so one of the projects of Mental Health Aberdeen is ACES Youth. Got you. Um, so we've been on the go for probably about eight or nine years, offering free one-to-one -one counselling for young people in Aberdeen and the northeast of Scotland who are between the age of 12 and 18. Um, we have our offices at Holborn Junction there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of built from zero. Mm -hmm. um, we began as a result of there's been an adult counselling service which is called ACES for 30 plus years and um, uh, rightly uh, uh, an idea came about whereby we should be offering young people okay. um, because ACES were working with 16s and overs mm. but we were becoming increasingly aware that we were receiving a lot of contact from people like GPs, parents, carers, um, adults who work with young people in schools mm -hmm. asking if we could see young people mm -hmm. so that's the kind of background to ACES youth where it came from and mm -hmm. so on so Harlow Academy rightly kind of started to sort of get a strong sense that you know a lot of the young folks have a lot of different problems that are going on not just in Harlow but just generally in in every school throughout the entire country mm -hmm. uh, and you know, can you? Know, would it be a good idea? You know, is a counsellor a good idea in the school? Mm. Um, now, obviously, being advocates of you know mental health, taking care of yourself, uh, we were, you know, really encouraged by that kind of approach, mm. and said yes, we can, we can fulfil that. And um, the fact that we were so geographically close um, meant it was also quite. Um, it was quite a strong relationship we had anyway because yeah. a lot of young people from Harlow were being referred or seeking counselling from ACES Youth mm -hmm. um, and I've already said because we're just a stone's throw from the school we had a fairly strong relationship with some of the guidance staff and people like the school nurse and so on mm -hmm. and the head and, and the deputies as well mm -hmm. they kind of knew about us and we, we knew a lot about the school in terms of the young people that we'd already sort of had time with and worked with over the years okay, okay. Um, so probably about 
as I say, coming up for, well, this is my fourth year at Harlow, um, being the school counsellor. Yeah. Um, so in terms of what my role is, um, it's very much a choice to be here and have counselling time. Um, young people, pupils at school can refer themselves if they want to. They can either come up and put a note through my mailbox here or they can ask their guidance teacher or school nurse or actually anybody who they kind of trust in school or who they have a fairly good relationship with in school, they can ask to have time with me here. Okay. Um, why would they? I suppose it's not for everybody, counselling. However, what I would sort of say to young people is if there's difficulties, if there are problems happening in your life that you just feel, I don't want to be alone with this at the moment, I'd like to have someone that I can talk to about them, mm -hmm. then that's mm -hmm. maybe a kind of sign that maybe counselling would be a good mm -hmm. thing to even just try or consider. Take it forward. Um, really what my role here in, in school is, is to support the young people that come here, mm -hmm. to, to give them the, the space and the time to talk to me about anything that they want to, mm -hmm. that they feel is causing them any kind of level of emotional distress, whatever that is. It might or may not be to do with school, it might be stuff out with school, it makes no difference because at the end of the day, if you're not feeling good about yourself, it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. um, whether it's happening outside school or in school, it's going to affect both. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. going to suddenly feel much better when you leave the school or yeah. much better when you go home. You know, so it's just generally if things aren't feeling so good, okay. you know, okay. having some space to talk about it, and hopefully for us both to think together about how can maybe what what might help that young person, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's really kind of what we're we're aiming for. So, so I'm quite keen to go into more detail in a second about like the mechanics of how that works, mm -hmm. but just going back to the bigger picture for a second. So you ended up at Harlow, it was more of an organic process mm -hmm. as opposed to someone deciding, right, every school in Aberdeen will now have a counsellor. Yeah. So when you started, mm -hmm. were there other schools in Aberdeen who had a counsellor? Yeah, I mean, I think historically in Aberdeen, there were three other academies who had access to a counsellor for quite some time. Yeah. And that uh, was through the city council, I believe. Ah, uh, that okay. those schools because I was aware of that yeah. and, and I knew at least one yeah uh, but that was a separate that was through the council themselves yes. okay yeah and I yeah. think there was a separate agency that was contracted to deliver that okay um as I say I think because this particular school had um you know a sense of oh there's ACES that we know of geographically close yeah. Yeah. yeah that's maybe where as you say you know it kind of mm -hmm. originated from that when I joined here, I think there was maybe another two secondary schools mm. at that time had also started to kind of recognise and, and see the benefit in having somebody like a school counsellor yeah. in school. So it's fair to say it was beginning to start to mm. be thought about really seriously. Mm. And so how many ACES counsellors are there in the city at okay. the moment? So we've got, well, let me think, we probably have about 
eight or nine. Mm -hmm. All secondary schools. All secondary yeah. schools. Yeah. And also, maybe in the last sort of two to three years, there's a team of perhaps about five or six um, counsellors who work in some of the primary schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's certainly the case now that I would say most of the schools in Aberdeen City have access to a counsellor mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and it is starting also to kind of trickle into the primaries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also some of the shire schools mm -hmm. are also now um, very much kind of wanting to go down that road mm -hmm. and showing a lot of interest in how that can happen. Did I see something in the news in the last month or so, I don't know if it was just a politician in Scotland saying they wanted this to happen mm -hmm. in every school mm -hmm. or is that a policy? What did I hear? Um, I think you're right in so much as there's certainly a commitment being made okay. at a national level in Scotland yeah. to for all schools to have access to yeah. counselling um, provisions. So formalising so, that a bit more than it yeah. currently is. Yeah. 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 Now how far down the line they are, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but there's certainly that has been kind of put out there as being a commitment from the Scottish government. I think probably it might have been earlier on this year, it could have been the tail end of last year, made a commitment of an additional 250 million, I think, towards okay. young people, mental health. Services. Sounds a lot, but that probably gets dispersed quite quickly. Well, that's right. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of money, but it's, yeah. you know, it's where it goes and actually how it then translates on the ground to actual services. Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah. to be fair the will is there but whether or not it's happening quickly enough and if we're all honest I suppose we, we all would want more resources Yeah. Um, really would, would, would we say we've all got enough we don't need any more because mm -hmm. you know, we can always grow more and do more to support young people probably Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. I think you know, the, the direction of travel is is right. Yeah. And let's yeah. hope that it maybe continues in that. And is there any sort of data crunching going on by anybody saying, well, schools that do have a counsellor, there's a reduction of such and such a percent in mental health issues, and is there data like that well, starting to yeah, appear? I mean, uh -huh, there, there, yeah. there is in terms of, there's quite a lot of really helpful information about the impact that if you have counselling or therapeutic support mm -hmm. when you're young, you are much more likely to access that in other periods in your life mm -hmm. when you feel you need it. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of, if you like, breaks down the taboo that yeah. might have existed, mm -hmm. perhaps. And also it, it has been proven that you can cope more mm -hmm. if you've had support when you've been younger. Mm -hmm because it kind of equips you for, you know, I can, you know, I can get through this time or I've got resources, yeah. I know how I can take care of myself or I know what I can do that will help me right now. So yes, yeah. that there are quite a lot of national statistics from organisations like Young Minds mm -hmm. that kind of back up that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel there's less of a stigma? I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, if, if someone had said, oh, I'm going for counselling, it would have been seen as very different and very out there, but is yeah. it more accepted now? I really, really hope so. Yeah. Um, I I think it is. Yeah. 
Um, I think that young people, fortunately, we're now talking to young people about taking care of themselves. We're really kind of explaining what we mean when we talk about our mental health mm-hmm. and our well-being. Mm-hmm. And from a young age, we're, we're having that kind of conversation and hoping that they see it from a young age as being that's part of being healthy mm-hmm. and recognizing when they don't feel healthy mm-hmm. and what they do about that. So mm-hmm. I think I would say that it is greatly different to perhaps when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a lot mm-hmm. older than you though. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I think, part it's a different thing now. Yeah. And that yeah. the that young people generally are far more open and comfortable because why why would why would it be yeah. wrong to talk about that? Yeah. You know. So hopefully that is also a very different kind of road we're on. Well, maybe it's a natural bit uh, for me to shoehorn a specific mention of the Shinari indicators here, but I hope that flows into the conversation. Um, I mean, I, I speak to young people about when I'm doing a bit of work, you know, have you heard of the Shinari indicators? Yeah. And we tick off the, the highlight, the ones that we're mostly going to be touching. Yeah. What, what areas or which of the indicators do you mainly end up working on as the, as the ones that your work tends to focus more on I guess the, mm-hmm. the healthy yeah, Certainly, you know, yeah. mental health definitely healthy um, safe as well yeah you know sometimes you know young people are not feeling very safe for a variety of reasons so mm-hmm. perhaps sometimes counseling is helping them kind of feel safer or getting further support that, that might help them in terms of maybe the wider family system that they're part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being included mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of young people talk of and, and relate to feeling quite isolated at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of the work in a kind of holistic way is kind of looking at how to feel more included or, you know, where do I belong? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think also it touches maybe on responsible, mm-hmm. you know, young people taking responsibility. Yeah, for being proactive the, yeah. and coming to speak to. Yes, yeah. yeah. and hopefully feeling respected. Mm-hmm. Their voice does matter. They're the only ones that know what it's like to be them. How does it work? I mean, during a session we're talking about respected. So if a young person says, uh, I'm not happy with my current timetable, for example, um, would you ever be the person then that went to their guidance teacher and said, "Person, you know, pupil X said this. I'm just feeding this to you," or do you always remain completely out of that process? I How, would generally, as a rule, I mean, one of the kind of sort of strands of counselling is to to kind of help that young person feel more empowered. Yes. So sometimes it might be helpful to to say you know you could do that mm-hmm. you know what about you doing that mm-hmm. you know you could maybe speak to mm-hmm. your mum about this or you know what's that about that you want me to maybe speak to your guidance teacher about that mm-hmm. um and it just builds in a little bit of oh yeah i haven't thought about that mm-hmm. so it's about empowering yeah um sometimes it might be appropriate you know, I see 
when we first meet, I explain about confidentiality yeah. and what the kind of boundaries are about that. And you know, generally speaking, I would not speak to anybody about what that young person is telling me or sharing with me. Mm. The only exception would be if they're not safe in some way, they're at serious risk, and I explain that to them. Mm. Um, mm. And I'll say, you know, I won't speak to anybody about anything you say to me unless you want me to. Yeah. So occasionally, doesn't happen too often, but occasionally someone might say, "Can you speak to?" Mm. Mm. It might be a parent or it might be somebody like a guidance teacher. But we'll have that conversation about, well, what's that about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because is that about avoiding taking the responsibility? Yeah. yeah. Or is it me wanting to, to reprimand the parent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is not my job? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have a conversation about why do you want me to be yeah. your kind of advocate, if, yeah. if you like? Yeah. About giving the, a lot of it's about giving them the space mm -hmm. to reflect on what they themselves can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because actually yeah. it might be yeah. really that might be a very important part of the kind of therapeutic work. Is mm. actually I do that too often. I do ask people to to do that for me, mm. or I don't see myself as being able to do that. But actually, when I think about it, why don't I? Mm -hmm. So I maybe will. Mm -hmm. You know, we're maybe thinking about that in terms of the wider kind of therapeutic work. So another thing in terms of the how how it goes within a session, um, a perception I have in my mind that is that counsellors will try, if at all possible, to avoid offering suggestions or or opinions. Mm -hmm. Would they be right with that general yeah. perception? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so are there times when there's a glaringly obvious piece of advice that you could give but you just have to not you just have to bite your tongue and let them get there themselves or do you are there times where you do actually say look I think you should do this mm -hmm. how often do you advise as opposed to listen how does, it's, it's one of those yeah. things it's, it's counsellors could debate this kind of fine okay. line for a long time and so it is a debate that could yeah it's it, not a black or white yeah we're kind of yeah it's very much We, we don't want to sit and tell anyone what they should do. No. Especially when it's someone young. Mm -hmm. Because what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, that young person's never going to gain anything from that time together. Yeah. So, and it, it would be boring yeah. if, they, if someone sat down and said, this is what's going on. And the counsellor said, how about doing this? Or you, sh you should do that. Yeah. So, no, we, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. However, um, if, like you said, you know, if there's something really glaringly obvious, it, in the kind of, I suppose, in the spirit of being honest with that young person and kind of transparent, mm. you could say something like, you know what, I'm sitting here thinking about being you in that situation. Mm -hmm. And there's something that I'm desperate to see that I would do that. Yeah. But what about you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the way you frame it. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's maybe yeah. the way you frame yeah. it. Yeah. And it's about having that kind of, I mean, Whatever kind of therapeutic interventions going on, so much depends on the relationship between that young person and the counsellor. Mm -hmm. And it's so different mm -hmm. with each, like in anyone's lives, we've got all our different kind of family and friends and work colleagues and so on. We, we, we're kind of 
the, the dynamic is different yeah. for, for each and all of us with those different people who are in our lives. So in yeah, the same way that the, the counsellor and that young person, they may sit and work in a certain way and then the, the young person who comes in the following appointments are completely different things. So yeah. if you were watching it, you'd be thinking, oh, that's so different. Yes. There's no mode, okay. if you like. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What we want to do is, I suppose, at all times, and I suppose I, I, I heard my boss reiterate this again in a training scenario not long ago, everything's coming from that young person because we're respecting and we're most interested in understanding what it's like for them to be them. Yeah. And we fully respect that. Yeah. Um, we're curious about it. We want to understand it a lot more. We want to kind of imagine yeah. how they see themselves, how they feel about living in the world that they do, how they feel about the people that are in their lives, what they think those other people think of them, all that kind of, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. sort of thought. I suppose what we're maybe doing is we're thinking about the, them and their lives together. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of. A, we say this to the young person when we very first start working with them. It's about we're working together. It's a collaboration, if you like. We're working together, but we're thinking about you. Mm. So you know, my mind is thinking about you, and I and and, and your mind is thinking about you. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not telling you what you should do because mm -hmm. it's not going to grow anything. But together, we're looking at it. So we might challenge someone. You know, we might. Quite a lot of the time challenge somebody in terms of you know maybe how they see themselves i can't do that mm -hmm. well i wonder why you think you can't you know so we're kind of maybe building in a little bit of doubt mm -hmm. oh i hadn't thought of that you know so it's but it, the whole kind of spirit of that way of working is we're looking at maybe challenging some of that kind of how i see myself Mm -hmm. or how I think about other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. That kind of yeah. makes sense. That does, that does, absolutely. So are, are you naturally a good listener, do you think, or is this something that when you go home you're completely, do you switch off out of that mode, or does it flow throughout the rest of your life as well, do you think? Well, I think my kids would probably say I would be a, bleeding hopeless counsellor <laughs> and I say to yeah. them but I'm your mum yeah it's a different role completely it's a yeah. different role but yeah. I suppose it, it does be, when you when you train to be a counsellor it is something that you're kind of fully embracing I suppose uh -huh. so you don't kind of switch something on for going into work and then switch it off when you when you leave. I guess it wouldn't be authentic if, if yeah. it was as black and white as that. Uh -huh. yeah. I suppose yeah. it, you, 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 you become maybe more curious in other people's lives or yeah. you maybe hear things that other people don't hear yeah. that really stand out, but that's because of the training that you've had and yeah. the general kind of sense of how human beings maybe think and, and work and so on. Um, so I suppose yeah. I, I'd like to think that I'm maybe a good listener mm -hmm. and it hasn't been something that's just been kind of put into me through training. It's actually part of how I yeah. kind of... Yeah, there's a natural yeah. ability there and then the training comes on top of that. Yeah. 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 But I'd hope yeah. that I wouldn't be 
using that in an inappropriate way when I'm, for example, with friends that are, you know, we're in the park having a walk with the dogs, yes. you know, I'm not, they don't want me to be a counsellor. Yeah, you're not in counsellor mode yes. then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know. So what, how long have you, I don't know how long you've been with ACES, but how long have you been a counsellor? Okay, well, I started training uh, in 2003, so 16 yeah. odd years ago. Yeah. Um, you, you do quite a lot of, it's quite a long sort of training programme, albeit in sort of contact time, it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but part of that whole training is very much kind of, it's ex very much experiential and you've got to do an awful lot of kind of understanding of who you are as a person and you've got to have a clear idea of maybe how you tick as yeah. it were. So yeah. I started sort of practicing actually working with people in a counselling setting about 2005 okay. Um, okay. but that was with adults Yeah. and then as I say probably about seven or eight years ago always really wanted to work with young people mm -hmm. um, because of ACES youth becoming a project in its own right kind of started to, to work only with young people yeah. Um, yeah which is an area that I really really enjoy uh, you prefer working with young people I do actually yeah. I do yeah. I have I, I've, <clears throat> I can't quite sort of explain why I suppose we can maybe all look back at being young and think about it's a very turbulent time mm. and I guess you can maybe have more impact earlier yeah perhaps in someone's life yeah maybe. yes there's something very important i think about young people feeling heard and mm -hmm. you know it's a time in your life when you don't really have a lot of independence yeah and you can yeah. feel very trapped maybe in school or in family and so have you did you have a job prior to being a counselor did you have a previous career or anything i did i yeah. did um, very much kind of office based um i i didn't really think about it yeah. um, as being anything other than went to work, came home, got paid, and then uh, I'm very glad that you know things changed in my life, and I it sort of appraised it all a little bit and thought I know what I want to do, but I never actually imagined I would eventually work as a professional counsellor. Yeah. I saw myself as being a kind of I don't know. It would, it would be maybe something I can do voluntary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, it's evolved. Kind of yeah. evolved. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm just looking at what other things I need to ask. There's loads on my list here. Um, I might not get through it all. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what about in terms of the current role? Yeah. The most the most satisfying parts of it and the most challenging parts of it. Okay. Oh, big question. <laughs> okay. I suppose, well, I'll start with the challenging, I suppose, which I, maybe, challenging, difficult, I suppose, um, maybe when you see a lot of despair mm -hmm. and hopelessness, that's really difficult. I find that really, I feel really sad mm -hmm. when, I, when I see someone especially young who feels so low or so kind of can't see yeah. anything changing yeah. and it's very difficult 
for them to kind of be optimistic in any way or to have any kind of sense of you know that bit in my life keeps me going mm. you know mm. um and i suppose at the end of the day i think well there's maybe a little bit of hope if they've come for counseling and they stay with it mm-hmm. you've got maybe the potential mm-hmm. that there is maybe something that's keeping them yeah you know, yeah the doors open it, it, <clears throat> things might get a little bit easier mm-hmm. i suppose that's a healthy sign if they keep coming yeah yeah. Yes, yeah. I hope yeah. so anyway. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that I find that really sad m- more than challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really rewarding, I suppose, or fulfilling about the work is when you feel that you have built up a good relationship with a young person and they can tell you things and they can trust you mm-hmm. um, and that you feel that you are making a little bit of a difference in terms of helping them feel that they have a place they can talk to, someone they can talk to, a place they can go, and that helps them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe if they start to kind of maybe think of themselves more positively, that they maybe start to do things maybe that they didn't think they could do Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or they start to maybe feel more okay Mm -hmm. and they maybe still feel awkward or you know know, putting my my fingers up here you know weird that's often the label that is but it's okay You know, they're, they're, that's all right. I can live with that part of me, um, because that's me who thinks that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's actually that I am weird or mm-hmm. odd or whatever. So it's helping, seeing them maybe evolve and grow and accepting the parts of themselves that that's just part of me. But there's lots of parts of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not just defined by that one part that maybe I used to feel defined by. Yeah. Yeah, that's you interesting. Know? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I find that very rewarding when you okay. see someone okay. grow like that. Right. What about your your own well being? What um, proactive things do you do in your life to keep your own sense of okay. you know physical and yeah. mental well being? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're always very smiley. You're oh. always <laughs> on the outside. You know, it's, well, I'll have some of what Angela said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's your secret? <laughs> uh, it's funny, a lot of people say I'm very smiley or have a, a smile. Yeah. Um, not like a cheesy no, Carol Smiley smile. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. Um, yeah. I, I, I suppose in my training, with you know, going back many years, as I say, it's a very experiential training course. You, you know, it's as much about learning about the theory and the way of being and, and all the skills required, but it's also equally about you being self-aware. And so I suppose I do quite a lot of self-reflection. I spend, and I, I suppose I can do it when I'm washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> might do it in the shower. I might kind of do it when I'm maybe supposed to be watching the news yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I'll do a lot of thinking when I'm out walking my dog, but I do a lot of kind of, how am I 
what's bugging me? Why did I shout like that? You know, why am I in such a bad mood today? What's that about? You know, so I suppose I do perhaps self-reflect quite a lot of self-reflection and thinking about what's going on. Why am I like that? What what's how do you how do you stop that becoming rumination? Mm -hmm. So if something negative's happened that day, mm -hmm. playing that over and over and over and questioning and because mm -hmm. there's a fine line, isn't there, between yeah. reflecting yeah. and rumination? Yes. How yeah, not getting stuck in it. Not getting stuck in it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I suppose maybe just accepting that. You know, understanding it, making sense of it. I suppose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. I got angry and shouted at, not because it was actually about that thing, it was actually I'm worried about what's going on Yeah, yeah. Uh, with maybe someone in my family or, so it's making sense of yeah. um, why. Once you can understand where it's yeah. come from. Uh -huh. Yeah. And if I can't yeah. make sense of it, maybe it's more kind of macro it might be actually i'm really fed up at hearing the news about donald trump this week okay. yeah <laughs> type of thing and yeah. it's actually yeah that's what it is it's the kind of sense of i can't do anything about that, that yeah. i know that's what's kind of irritating me today or you know every time i hear the news i'm hearing about this and it's getting to me yeah so yeah. i need to talk about it i need to sort of yeah. maybe vent to my husband or i need to kind of own it myself or yeah. I go for a run okay and that yeah. maybe is a yeah. good way of kind of getting it out of me yeah um, yeah or you know I might need to, I do a lot of cooking I find that really therapeutic yeah so if I haven't cooked you know I haven't, I haven't cooked I don't feel I've kind of maybe created something or uh, it sounds like you, you build moments into your life that um, lend themselves to self-reflection absolutely yeah yes yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. And I, I think we probably all need that. Yeah. And and maybe don't do it enough and don't think about it enough. Yeah. Because we're yeah. we're all maybe too busy and as a society mm -hmm. maybe don't spend enough time just also busy thinking about yeah how we yeah. all are. Yeah. Know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Um. Right. What else have we got here? Um. Okay. So. Thinking about your your role or the role of a counsellor with, within a, a secondary school in general, maybe. What improvements, how could the role be made more effective? What changes if you had a magic wand and you know money was no object, what what would you what would you change to make yeah. the role different? Well it's funny because we speak about this quite a lot, colleagues and I, and I think we might all have a similar view, I would think that sometimes we should work a lot more, we should link up a lot more. Mm -hmm. So counsellors in schools, for example, um, working maybe more with other agencies that are maybe also working with that young person, both in the medical model system. So you know there might be, for example, the Young People's Department, CAMS, um, you know, we, we don't communicate maybe like we should, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we should maybe, and I'm not speaking about talking about that young person, but I think it would be really helpful if we 
linked up more, if we maybe sort of saw one another more often, we we kind of even did mutual training together. Mm. Um, I just had a sense of, you know, we're part of a much wider yeah. network. Yeah. And I think we could all benefit a lot more from knowing one another a lot better, um, working more closely together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also there's a strong need for much more family therapeutic intervention. Um, so you know, that young person might be really struggling because of a lot of how their the family, their family is, mm. their, their family system, mm. as we call it. And in actual fact, it's really helpful that that young person can have support from people in their school. Mm-hmm. But actually what would really help them much more is if the family had a lot more support mm-hmm. um, and a lot more joined up support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, that for me would be a really helpful mm-hmm. um, thing if we had a lot more family therapy available. I, I guess as the role of the school counsellor becomes more um, you know, cemented mm-hmm. going forward, these things, the joined up, you working with other professions is more likely to happen, isn't it? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, there's a lot of agencies and uh, organisations that are maybe really stretched you know, so, and it's really not easy. Um, so, there's cracks that mm. appear, and you know we, we try our best to kind of fill them. Um, but I think a lot of organisations and agencies are very, very stretched at the moment in terms of resources that they have, mm-hmm. and they can only deal with the kind of really high tariff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of cases, as it were. Uh, very reactive. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Need to be more proactive. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. I suppose, in the yeah, and more joined yeah. up. Yeah. You know, there's um, the ACES. I, I'm not meaning ACES, the organisation I work for, but Adverse Childhood Experiences. It's um, the kind of I think originated in the states, but it's looking at it's kind of a, a model, if you like, for looking at you know when when children have had adverse experiences, you know, substance abuse, alcohol, drug abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, psychological abuse, um, neglect, um, you know, living in serious poverty, um, you know, that you know, damaging, you know, a lot of trauma. Um, there's a need for a much wider system to be around them mm-hmm. in all aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. Kind of going right back to the whole Shinari mm-hmm. kind of indicator, looking at the whole thing. Yeah. But it's not just one organisation, it's looking at every other organisation that's part of that child's life mm-hmm. and what's the best outcome that we can all facilitate for that young mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And it would be really fantastic. We're, we kind of do it, mm-hmm. but not in a formal way and not nearly as well as we could do okay so it's just kind of looking at it as being what does this young person need and what does maybe their mum need yeah um and what do the siblings need Mm -hmm. and how does education feed into this Mm -hmm. and where does health you know who's looking after the family you know how does how does the family get the nutrition they need it's you know it's looking at the whole 
of that young person's life really, yeah. and and what what their family has and what they could benefit from. Mm -hmm. A systemic approach. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that would be okay. really good. Well, that's the bell, but I do have one other question, um, if that's okay. Of course. Have you got time for it? Right, well, yeah. this is more, I'll try, I'll try and narrow it down, it's a huge question. I, I suppose it's, what are your views on what we can do as a society, in a wider level, I guess, to promote greater well-being in, in young people? So I suppose we could talk all day about that, but would there be one... Um, easy win, you think? Would there be one thing in your opinion that if we changed this or added that, it would significantly impact positively on the well-being of all young people? Mm -hmm. So there we go. That's <laughs> it is quite a big one. We could only yeah, spend hours talking about we that. We could. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, My initial reaction to that kind of question would be that I think generally in our society maybe in the West, but certainly in, in, in the UK, I think we place too much emphasis on things, on what you've got, um, and I think we should be focusing a lot more on well-being and how you feel, mm -hmm. you know, happiness, mm -hmm. contentment, feeling fulfilled. That, that to me is more important. We, you know, we hear at a macro level, you know, high-profile people, politicians, and so on, often speaking, you know, in terms of like indicators for how we're doing. It all seems to come down to kind of money, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, uh, it's measured in terms of kind of achievements, but it's. It's not about kind of how content and happy we are mm -hmm. as a nation. Mm -hmm. That's quite a narrow focus, isn't uh -huh. it? Yeah. yeah. And I think we need to shift the kind of spotlight much more so on. It's not just about producing things and doing things. It's about generally kind of, yeah, feeling content. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Are we happy? Mm -hmm. You know? And how do we do that? And how do we do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, that's a... Uh -huh. yeah. So no, I agree. I agree. I think it's, yeah. and that maybe That's, comes back to we don't do enough, maybe thinking about that. Yeah, at an early age. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's all about kind of. I mean, I suppose I hear a lot of young people speaking about the future and their fears about that, and it's often about, you know. I I, I want to go to college or I want to go to university or, you know, and that's grand, you know, mm. um, but actually. Be nice to say, but I, you know, I just want to be happy when I'm. Mm -hmm. I, want to, I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel that I'm, I feel fulfilled, whatever that is. Yeah, and having enough money might be part of that, yeah. but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think we need to kind of change the language that we mm -hmm. use and build in a lot more about kind of well being mm -hmm. and not about kind of uh, achieving things mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that all those things have to be kind of. Mm -hmm. getting certain grades or having a certain job or living in a certain area or having a certain thing in your life, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not about what we look like, it's about how we feel inside. Yeah, yeah. Well that's a good good place to end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Angela, thank you very much thank you. for your time. Very that much appreciate it. Is there anything that. you didn't say that you would like to say? 
I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe to be continued at another date. Yeah. Oh, no, we'll do was, a part two. Yeah. 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 That was really. Yeah. That was a nice. Thank you for letting me do that and having a, a bit of time to explain a little bit about what I do here. It was great to hear all about it. No. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.